Hello and welcome to Forward, a podcast all about finding small steps we can take in order to move in the direction of our dreams. I am your host, Lydia Morales. So whether you're running, stumbling, or crawling forward, I am here for you. We're going to figure it out together and do amazing things. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode on Forward. I am really happy for you to be here. I am so excited because today we have Patty Garcia as our guest speaker, and she is president and principal of Modern Fiduciary, Inc. Hi, Patty. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing great. Oh, I'm so glad for you to be here, and I'm excited for everyone to learn about this world of yours because... <laughs> Yeah, we were mentioning earlier, not everyone knows what what goes on in this. Um, So why don't you tell us a quick overview as to what your business and life looks like and what it is that you do? Oh, thanks, Lydia. It's great to be on. And I'm really excited to present my company and talk a little bit about the services that we that I provide, at least. So my company is Modern Fiduciary Inc. We are uh, located in San Diego. Uh, I am a California licensed professional fiduciary um, and I'm licensed by the state. So what that means is, is that I will act as a trustee or executor, administrator, agent under power of attorney, guardian, conservator, anything kind of referencing um, a formal name with respect to being a fiduciary Mm -hmm. and, uh, that's really kind of in the context of the estate planning world. So as people create their wills or their trusts or the powers of attorney, then they will include me as their named trustee, whether that be a current trustee, successor trustee, executor under the will. And so that's kind of the the general uh, explanation of what a fiduciary does. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the other thing that my company does, I provide a few other services. I will consult trustees. So if a trustee just needs assistance with the state and trust administration, or I'm a trustee, but I'm a, a son of the, you know, my parent, how do I uh, do this work? Then I will also come on and consult that trustee uh, because maybe they just don't want to step down. They just need help to do that. So mm-hmm. I will provide that consulting service. And then I'll also do um, uh, a bookkeeping, accounting, a state and trust accounting, which is very specific to that world as well. Mm-hmm. And the last thing I do um, uh, is estate and gift tax. So I'm an enrolled agent. I have a tax license as well. And estate and gifts is also um, a tax feature that is very specific to the estate planning world as well. Mm-hmm. And so that's another service that I provide based on my years of expertise um, being the legal field. So that's kind of all the things I try to provide to the client to give them uh, the best experience and the best services from that uh, estate and trust perspective. Um, you do so much. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> yeah. So why don't you let us know what, what inspired you to start on this journey? Like, how did you get here? Yes. Yeah, so it started uh, probably more, and most of my experience has is, is really been in the legal field. So I worked as, uh, started my work as a paralegal at a law firm um, in the 90s. So going, this dates back about 25 years. <laughs> I started a paralegal at a very large law firm um, and um, kind of really just dove into their estate planning group. So all of my experience since then has been uh, with the large law firm, mid-sized law firm, and then a smaller law firm before I left to start my company. And so that was a great experience to be able to be in a large law firm environment and and only do my work in the estate planning world. So I was working with attorneys and with clients and client trustees, client executors, bank corporate trustees, only doing estate and trust administration uh, estate tax, um, uh, dealing with everything with administration, either when a person is unable to act as trustee or uh, at death, which is kind of the two uh, usual circumstances when an administration commences. And so I I basically spent all those years doing that, uh, working with attorneys, um, you know, doing the work that was needed. Uh, And then I think probably a couple years ago, the time came 
to say, okay, I think I've done enough mm-hmm. in the legal field, uh, had already built up as much connection as I could. And the professional fiduciary career, or at least that career path, was really something that uh, I had looked into before, uh, mm-hmm. but wasn't wasn't quite sure if that was something that I wanted to do. But then, you know, when the pandemic hit and, uh, you know, it kind of got through a little burnout and I said, you know, maybe this is a good time to jump into that arena. And I felt, you know, kind of had built up my confidence and said, I can jump into starting a new company and uh, and getting my license. So I did that within about six or seven months and then left the firm and started my company last year. So I've actually only been a licensed, uh, had my company and been a licensed professional fiduciary for about it's probably been about a year now. <laughs> so oh my, my company, my company is new, but, um, yeah. but I bring to it a lot of experience already in the estate planning world. That is incredible. And I think it's, it's really interesting. You're, you said that a little bit of burnout happened. I'm like, burnout is yes. a lot. <laughs> oh, it is. Absolutely. It was, it's a it's, it's it wasn't just a it wasn't just a little occurrence of <laughs> what was happening in the world. It was a major occurrence that happened that really affected, you know, affected your personal life. And for me, it 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 just changed the way I thought about what was important to me in my professional life too. And certainly, you make your changes. Um, uh, you're just kind of prompted to make changes because you have to change the way you're doing things. And and the world just changed too. Um, and I think it did. I think professionally, a lot of people did change careers or left careers, which is interesting. And you read about it in the news. But I think that also happened to me from that perspective. But it happened in a positive way. I made it. I didn't leave and, and decide not to continue the same path. Mm-hmm. I was motivated. It actually motivated me to uh, go into a a a bigger professional path for me. Mm -hmm. And so it just kind of gave way to uh, what led me to start the company. So it was sort of exciting, but at the same time, like, okay, we're coming out of the pandemic and I'm starting a business. So what is that going to look like? (laughs) Exactly. And I think also it was really cool that since you already had this experience and you were doing this already, you're like, you know what? I'm going to do it on my own. Like, let me figure this out with my own business. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, it's an exciting thing to be able to say, like, I have my own company. Mm-hmm. And to be even a female entrepreneur is, is an exciting aspect of it. Mm-hmm. I'm also minority. I mean, so there's just so many aspects of it that make it really exciting. Uh, but from the just general perspective, I, I think it's, 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 you know, you have to, there's certain criteria to be able to, to start your own business. And mm-hmm. I think, I think sometimes you jump into it, you're, so you're not really sure <laughs> what you're <laughs> going to get yourself into. But at the same time, I had already had some experience uh, with the last law firm and, and managing that at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so it really gave me the tools to say, okay, this is something that I can do on my own. And really just jumping out and saying, I can do this. But you're right. It, it probably did help to say I already had the level of experience to be able to perform the work. Mm-hmm. It was just now saying I have to get the work and build the company, you know, from the ground up. Yeah, no, absolutely. And did you ever see yourself as an entrepreneur before? Or was it just kind of like a hit of them? Like, I am going to do this. <laughs> no, I, I, I agree. I don't, I don't think I did. I think, you know, I love the people that I work with. I'm, you know, every place that, you know, just like with any job, I've built so many great and wonderful relationships. And I think looking back, I, I don't regret any of the work experience or the relationships I built with them. I'm still friends with a lot of the people that I work with. I have a lot of attorney colleagues that um, I get referrals from. And so um, when I look at that, I think, okay, could I have continued in that profession? Absolutely. Would I have continued there and just continued to work? Sure. Uh, but I think you you kind of, there's like a little spark in you. It says, okay, I think I could do something else. Um, and 
do it on my own. And whether you feel that way, um, right when you start your career or, or now or later in life, you know, you, you sort of have to run with it and decide that this is what you want to do. And sometimes, sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't, but it's the trying that I think is the exciting part. Like, let me just try to see if this is, if I can make this work. And I've just been so fortunate to, you know, even in this year year out to be able to say, uh, I've just been very fortunate to be able to gain the business I have to continue to build the business contacts and Mm -hmm. to still rely on the same, um, you know, attorney referrals and other professional referrals because they've just been a great resource for me uh, as I continue to to work through my my company. Yeah, absolutely, and especially since you remained kind of in that path, that same path, right. it's extraordinary that everything that you, the twenty years of experience and and contacts that you had, it's just transferring over almost. And that that's really cool to me. I was like, whoa, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, (laughs) it's great because it's the one thing that I think um, that's interesting when I meet people now, because they all all know me just from the legal field. And so I have to sort of push through and say, "Okay, I've got my own company now. This is what I'm doing. And so uh, kind of switching to that aspect of it is is isn't is exciting but it's a little bit like I have to explain again what I'm doing and the services I provide because I provide kind of a unique aspect of services from that fiduciary level. And you'll notice when you when you meet other fiduciaries, they all have different backgrounds. Some of them come from the financial sector. Some of them are CPAs. They all have a different kind of uh, aspect to them or experience level. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess I would say the one advantage I have is that, yes, I come from the legal experience, you know, career level that gives me a lot of experience. Uh, but now I have to translate that to to being a fiduciary and that the responsibility that comes with that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And just how you talk, like, I love everything you're saying. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Sometimes when yeah. I explain to people, to clients, at least potential clients, I'll do a consultation. They'll be like, oh, that's a lot. That's a lot that you can do. And I'm like, well, you know, there's a lot that I learned over, you know, over the 20 plus years. And it's a lot. It's a lot of detail. Um, there's a lot of tax implications. There's understanding the documents. There's just so many aspects of it that you, you sort of got to know. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and then, you know, sometimes you have to rely on other professionals. And so I sort of call myself, well, you could do like, you get a lot out of me, you know, I, I kind of comprise of a complete package, because I can review documents, mm-hmm. I can understand some of the tax concept concepts, I understand the full scope of the administration. Uh, uh, so there's just a lot of detail involved with that um but yeah people get a little <laughs> clients get a little um overwhelmed by it and and usually what I'll say is look I'm going to walk you through these steps mm-hmm. so that you have a good understanding I'm just giving you the big picture now yeah. and then I do try to be sure that every step of the way that they have a good understanding mm-hmm. uh, of what it is I'm doing and what it is you know uh, you know what my responsibilities are to that client or to the beneficiaries, or to the court. And so I try to be very transparent uh, with respect to the information or, or the role that I take on when I take on that role as a fiduciary. Yeah, and I love that you mentioned that too, because how we were uh, saying earlier before I called that there's so much uh, drama that people associate w- with that yes. role because of celebrities and whatnot. So I love that that you mentioned that Um because that that is your role, you know. <laughs> I know it is. It, it's a it's a very you know what people see in the media and the news is not a, not a, not exactly what <laughs> fiduciaries <laughs> normally do. I mean, and yeah. and kind of why we are fiduciaries is not to gain some notoriety or stardom. We're we're there privately and confidentially to mm-hmm. work with that client on behalf of that trust or that will or well unless it's through the courts and it is public but at least from the perspective of I have a responsibility um, you know to uh, follow the duties of the trust or the documents Mm -hmm. and um, some people kind of get a little um, 
you know, they exaggerate kind of what it is that we're really doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, so it really takes someone to be, to have that experience. Uh, and most of the time you'll notice that when uh, you're dealing with a family member or you're dealing with someone who has to go into a facility or a home, or they can't handle their finances. We've all had that family member, whether that be a parent or grandparent now that we've had to take care of them from that perspective. Mm-hmm. And so so when people already have that experience, they say, well, I can't do that again. Like I, I can't do that job. And so uh, that's where it becomes a good situation for a third party professional trustee to come in and say, look, I'm going to do the job of what, you know, to familiarize yourself with what a fiduciary does on behalf of the trust. But I also take away that anxiety of someone saying, I have to do this now and I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, And so it it takes that away. But when you have somebody, especially when you have a person you're caring for and you're their agent or trustee, you have a responsibility to that person. Uh, And there's going to be some scrutiny by that person, by the family, uh, by whoever you owe that duty to. So it is really important that we, you know, try to keep, you know, keep um, kind of a perspective on whose role it is to do that. But mm-hmm. also, also it, it gives some, um, almost some relief to the family members when you have somebody like me who's kind of outside doing the work. And mm-hmm. also, so that way the family can uh, focus on, uh, you know, the care for the person or just, you know, being a family member, you know, not having to wear your you know, trustee hat or agent hat, I can actually just be your daughter or be your grandchild and, and, and just spend my time with you and, you know, do what I would normally do in my life without, you know, feeling I have to do the business of taking care of your bills or finding a caregiver, all that good stuff. So it, it does kind of relieve that effort that family might feel the pressure of having to do. And, and so those are kind of the number one <laughs> clients yeah. that will come to me because they'll say either, I have family out of state, or I have no children, I have no spouse, and I have no one to name as my trustee, mm-hmm. uh, or they don't want to name a bank trustee, which can be, you know, a little bit more expensive or limited. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, we're, we're a good alternative to that, uh, from that perspective as well. Yeah, no. And the more you explain it, the more I'm like, oh, my God, your work is so important. Like, <laughs> I I hope so. I mean, you're helping, you know, so many people that way. Yeah, it's it's so important, especially when you have someone who nowadays with mental health, Mm -hmm. that people are unable to take care of themselves, even just on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And so as you see family members or people that you see um, starting to kind of have a diminished, you know, capacity or issues related to that. Um, then somebody does have to come in and say, who's going to do this mm-hmm. and who's going to take care of this? And and uh, the unfortunate part is that that springs up so much more now. Um, there's yeah. more memory care facilities. There's um, more Alzheimer's and dementia patients that are coming in that got diagnosed earlier than, you know, you normally would see. Mm-hmm. And so I have clients who, you know, I'll tell them, there's probably two aspects where I can come in and become your trustee or your agent. One is uh, when you are diagnosed to not be able to care for yourself. So a doctor says you are unable to do that. And Mm -hmm. so I'll have to come in and start acting as your trustee or agent or at death where they pass away and then you're following the terms of their documents. But in that first instance, it's really important because you have a person who is unable to care for themselves and you are designated as a person to decide what care they they're provided and how to manage their finances and how to be sure that everything is being completed for them on their behalf. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's what you call, you step into their shoes as if you're acting as that person when you become their agent. And mm-hmm. it's, it is, it's a very uh, important aspect of someone's life to come in and say, I have to decide what care you need, bring in professionals, make sure you're going to doctor's appointments. And at the same time, also be sure that your bills are taken care of, that Mm -hmm. you have cash flow to take care of your bills. 
and also the timeline for future support. And so there's just that personal aspect of care um, that fiduciaries also uh, are responsible for when you have someone who's unable to do that. And, and at death, of course, they're not, they're less, they're obviously not there mm -hmm. to be able to do that. But then your duty transfers to who the beneficiaries are. And now, now I have a duty to you because you're going to be receiving that inheritance or those assets from the state and trust. And mm -hmm. so I have a duty to you to explain what my role and responsibilities are for that. So um, those are the kind of the two main uh, aspects of that. But the first aspect while someone is alive is probably the uh, very important aspect, but it's also very scrutinized because uh, people are going to want to know, how are you caring for them? What are you doing? You mm -hmm. know, how are they, you know, how are you getting money? You know, you get kind of all those kind of gamut of questions with respect to that. Yeah. And just since we're talking about that already, like what were some other, what were some things you weren't expecting from this journey that you've taken on? <laughs> like, I think the um, interesting part was deciding, you know, whether I was just going to do this by myself or have, you know, people with me and, um, I had originally decided, you know, to have a partner and then I, that sort of had changed. Um, but at the same time, you know, each of us, each professional fiduciary were individually licensed. Like you, uh, you wouldn't normally name a comp my company, you would have to name me. And mm -hmm. for that perspective, every fiduciary has their own level of expertise um, and what they bring to that role. Um, and so for me, um, being my, by myself to do that is in, an interesting aspect of it because I do have to rely on other professionals uh, to assist me in that job, whether that be real estate, other lawyers, CPAs, and, mm -hmm. other, and then fellow fiduciaries. And so um, uh, being on my own is, is something I, I kind of didn't expect I would be doing. <laughs> Uh, from the from the get go, but at the same time, uh, it does allow me to decide like how do I want to move forward, and what do I what are my expectations going into the business as I as I go into these next years, and mm -hmm. so um, so the not knowing is probably the most unexpected <laughs> part, and also building it up like how many matters should I be taking, and you know what what does that look like? Should I limit how much? what kinds of services I'm providing. Mm -hmm. And so when you're at the beginning of starting your business, I, I, I'm just that type of person I need to know or expect, you know, the type of work I'm getting. And yeah. um, I don't always know that. <laughs> That's the <laughs> hardest part. It's hard to be organized when you're not sure um, what matters might come down the pike and, and you want to be able to take it and do your best work. But you also want to have the mindset like, I can only just I can only do so much work mm -hmm. on my own and trying to control that. So that's a little a little bit unexpected for me, at least with respect to this journey. Yeah. And it's just, you know, trusting that you'll figure it out and that you need to, you know, do that balance. And oh, my God, it's so much. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I, I think um, every day, you know, I had always said, you know, when I started my business that. I would try to maintain a, a, a good level of, of how much time I spend professionally mm -hmm. and how much time I spend in my personal life. Mm -hmm. And it's always a juggle. Every day I always kind of ask myself, okay, how much, <laughs> how many hours am I going to do today so that I, you know, can at least level out or, or have some time, you know, to take a break um, and, and um, do other things. And so I really, uh, that's always a goal. And I think when you have someone, I've always been a really hard worker, um, uh, but sometimes I feel like I've, I've also been over, felt overworked just mm -hmm. because I, I care about the work that I do. And when you care about the work you do, you tend to work a lot. <laughs> um, and so yeah. um, I always, I had promised myself, I am in control of this now. I should be able to control keeping myself from being burned out or working too hard. And that is a struggle. It, it's hard to try to decide how much work is, is too much work or how much to balance between uh, business and personal life. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. And I think that every entrepreneur 
women especially you know like we have yeah. a really hard time with that balance and um what is expected from us <laughs> you know like just yes on our own standards they're so high like absolutely yeah. I, I feel like we're all you know we're we're our own worst enemy like I'm my own worst enemy I'll be my the big I'm the biggest critique for myself I will always want you know the best and you know the want to do the best and by doing that, you also set yourself up for <laughs> being overworked <laughs> and doing too much and multitasking more than you need to. And so, yeah, I think that's inherent with, uh, with people who, especially women who do want to start, who start their own businesses. Yeah. But at the same time, that's what, that's what drives you. I mean, that's what drives me and in, in keep moving forward. And mm-hmm. I almost feel like if I didn't do that, uh, uh, that um, that that maybe I was starting to slow down. I'm like, I'm not slowing down. I want to <laughs> feel like I keep moving forward. Yeah. So, but but at the same time, I do think about. It. I'm like, okay, this that's enough. Mm-hmm. I can do. This is about enough that I need to do. So I do try to you know set some goals and make sure that if I've hit that goal, that that's enough. <laughs> that that's yeah. enough for me. <laughs> like you don't. I don't have to overexceed. I'm only pleasing and pleasing <laughs> myself and. Nobody else is going to, you know, you're patting yourself on the back and you're already doing your best work. So it's, it's hard to try to do, try to do that on a daily basis. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, do you have any habits that keep you on track since we're talking about you, you, you know, moving forward and, and um, letting yourself just enjoy the process too, right? Yeah, I think, I mean, I'm sure most people say this and it, it is really important, but, uh, you know, when you, um, you know, when you're, you got to take care of yourself and mm-hmm. that could mean a lot of different things. And, and for me, it means that, you know, I, uh, you know, keep my fitness up mm-hmm. exercises, I think is really important, um, that I, I maintain a good diet um, I'm not someone who diets. I just make sure that I eat, you know, well, and I eat the right foods, mm-hmm. um, and that um, I, you know, maintain. I, I make sure I go in and check to make sure everything is is going, you know, going well in my life, and you know, my physical health is good. And I think those all those maintenance things are really important, especially as you get older. Mm-hmm. And um, I have always try to promote that but at the same time uh sometimes it you it gets away from you when you're busy but yeah. for me it is really important to um you know to do something at least a few days a week uh and i think that's usually what the goal is as long as you're out there and you're you know even as simple as taking a walk or um you know um uh, taking a drive down to the beach and just you know you know, looking at the waves or contemplating or, you know, meditating or doing yoga, you know, any of those things that takes you away, you know, gives you a a moment to, you know, to, to, to just think about things or to rest or to just not think in some cases. Um, And so, you know, you could do that every day, sometimes even when, you know, you have your Apple watch and it gives you those prompts to, okay, stand up today or mm-hmm. take a breath today. You know, those are, you know, the really simple things that you can be doing in your life to, you know, keep yourself aware of, uh, you know, that those things, those moments are important to you as well. Um, and so I do try to do that as much as I can. I, I'm not one, I will say I'm not one, I don't work out every day. I don't go do these things. I, I don't get up at five o'clock in the morning and, <laughs> and work out. But, you know, I will get up at 630 and, and you know, go to a class and go do something. And for me, um, I think that's really important uh, to be able to get out. Seeing your friends is also, you know, ha- maintaining, helping you maintain a good mindset, you know, having your family, having a good support system. You know, all those things contribute to, you know, your total well-being. So there isn't, for me, there isn't one particular thing that says, okay, I got to do this. Uh, for me, it's as long as I have the support of my friends and family and that I can go do these things and travel and exercise and maintain a good diet, 
then I feel that I can keep, you know, my mindset on track, you know, for the most part. And, and yeah, you got to walk away from your work and have a break, you know, get lunch. Uh, And so, so the benefit for me is uh, because I do a lot of marketing, I can get out of the office because I I say, well, I'm going to set up marketing at least, you know, once a week or every couple of weeks. And so I at least make myself get out of the office to, to go do those things and meet new people. And that's exciting too. No, of course. I love everything that you said, you know, just being aware that we are taking some time to take care of ourselves. You know, it doesn't have to be every day, but just being aware that it does have to happen. (laughs) Just so we stay best too, because, you know, what are everything else kind of just declines when we decline, you know, it comes from us and with us. So we have to maintain ourselves so that everything else around us can kind of be at that level too, right? Absolutely. And and there's there's so much to be said about having a personal connection with people and being face to face and you know being able to do that in the last couple of years kind of post pandemic, mm-hmm. you know, has been wonderful. And I think um just I've just come from the generation that we were always in front of people. We were always talking to people, you know, um, we didn't particularly use our cell phones or we weren't always texting. And so I think it really, uh, really um, assists, like helps you, you know, ha- form a mentality when you make a personal connection that you and I can connect and I can, I can understand like, you know, who you are and, and what you need and, and what you're about. And I think that also translates to the work that I'm doing. Uh, that the reason that people become professional fiduciaries is because we want to provide these services to these clients. And it really comes from, you know, p- providing that level of trust, like you said in the beginning, mm-hmm. but also uh, from a level of care. Like, I want to care about what you need at this juncture in your life, or I care about you know, the services that I'm providing um, as a result of the death of, of, of a loved one. Mm-hmm. And so, so for me, I, I really wanted to push forward and say, I will make myself that responsible person to mm-hmm. care and to trust that you, you know, that you will entrust in me those, that level of services that you need in this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, we, I think it does take a particular person to, to do be a professional fiduciary, first of all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for me, it really comes from wanting to do this work that people really need. And mm-hmm. it's not one of those things that's going to go away. It's probably either going to increase yeah. that more people are going to need it or, or people will just need a better understanding of how to do that. And mm-hmm. so that that really comes from that, too. And I think that my perspective of having those interpersonal connections, I think, really translates with the client really well, at least for me. And yeah. I do enjoy getting to know my clients and understanding what their needs are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do for me, I spend a lot of time, you know, cultivating that with my clients as I go forward. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And I really love that you said that because it is about connection, you know, and you're in a business, you know, people have to know, like, and trust you, literally. <laughs> right, right. You do. I, I have to build trust. I, you know, you, it's easy when you go into um, a store and you buy something, you don't have to make a personal connection <laughs> with your grocer. Uh, to say, I just got to buy this, you know, box of tea bags or whatever. But when, when they meet me and they decide they're going to engage me, they have, you know, I have to get to know them. So I always, um, I I try to, as much as possible, have a face to face Mm -hmm. and they come into my office and meet with me, or we set up a zoom call. They can at least see me and we can have a conversation. So I always require that in some form of fashion. And even if we can't meet, I'll say, well, let's let's do something if you do agree to name me as a trustee because it is really important for me to get to know you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's really important. And um, uh, that's part of the whole role and responsibility is you want to entrust to me that I will make the right decisions for you. Mm-hmm. No, I, awesome. And 
just it's so fascinating this world that you're in like I've never known so much about this <laughs> yeah I mean that's the idea is just getting the word out and helping to explain to people that we are out here that that California um, has a licensed structure for professional fiduciaries Mm -hmm. And there are, you know, probably over a thousand fiduciaries in the state of California. And uh, I, every time I ask someone, do you know professional fiduciary? They maybe only know a few, like, you know, um, they could count them with their hands. Yeah. And so it, it is a very specific business um, and, and not one that if you're in another profession, you would not know as much about. Mm -hmm. But the idea is the more that we can come out and talk about it and explain what we do and and explain what that particular fiduciary does, mm -hmm. the better for our profession and the better for other people to understand that we are here, that we are available and that you're not alone, that you don't have to go through this journey or understand this process by yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's what we, we're part of that, you know, part of that profession that will help you get through that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I love that so much. And uh, let us know, what about, what do you do when you begin to feel stuck in business or in life? Normally, I take a little breather or take a little break. And I don't know that I've ever felt that stuck uh, in business. I think everything is done with a purpose, hopefully, that whether you're led to that on a spiritual matter or a professional matter, that that you're led to do the things that you're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes when you're stuck, I always feel like I'm stuck for a reason. Like if, if there's something more complicated or something that I have to figure out, it's just one more thing I need to overcome. So it's, it presents itself as a challenge too. Uh, and so when I do that, I do give myself some time to think about it mm -hmm. and understand the aspect of that issue um, whether that be professionally or in life. And sometimes it takes longer to overcome it or try to figure it out. Uh, but I do try to step back and give myself a little bit of perspective because if I can't figure it out, I don't always necessarily turn to someone and say, how do I do this? But at the same time, sometimes it is good for someone to tell me, look, this isn't the end of the world. <laughs> you know, you'll, you'll get through this. And when you do, you'll have some perspective of it, right? Mm -hmm. So every everyone who's gone through some uh, issue or development or something that you felt you couldn't overcome, mm -hmm. you do overcome it. Um, and then later you realize, well, I could I could have <laughs> approached it this way. I could have done this way. So a lot of times I step away from it a little bit before yeah. I attack, before I attack it. Cause a lot of times I'll attack it and I'm like, just back to square one. Mm -hmm. And so I, I sort of rush to try to figure it out quickly. Uh, but it depends what it is. Uh, but a lot of times what I'll do is I'll step back a little bit to gain some perspective on it. Mm -hmm. uh, and then try to, to figure out like what part of this challenge can I overcome? And then I get through it just like, you know, like, just like you would in any part of your your profession or your life, you, you get through it, it. And, but I do want somebody to tell me it's not the end of the world <laughs> that we'll get through it. And, um, you know, and I'll support you, right. It is great to have someone who maybe outside of that, outside of, outside of that issue that's surrounding you. It is great. That's what I, what I always great. What's great about having a support system is sometimes you just want somebody to tell you, it's going to be fine. <laughs> it's yeah. going to be okay. And and even if they don't know at all what you're talking about or what's going on, sometimes you just want somebody to say, it's going to be good. You're going to be great. And don't worry about it. And uh, I, I do, for me, it's, it's such, such, such a positive aspect of having that support that mm -hmm. it helps me get through some of the things, you know, like you said, if I feel stuck or I'm trying to overcome some complicated issue and it gives me that boost, you know, stepping away, having support, and then mm -hmm. overcoming it. All those things really contribute to, you know, continuing to, you know, succeed, you know, in your business and your life. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think it's so important to 
to have that support system because we tend to really get in our heads and we make it like it's the apocalypse and someone else is like what no you're fine like (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's sometimes it's interesting when you're talking to people and I'll talk to clients and I'll say so so how did you you know, live your life during that time. And it's really interesting to get the perspective because I've got people who never left their home. Mm-hmm. I have people who left their home, but took like s- crazy security measures to be sure they were safe. Yeah. And I, I've had clients who only started traveling this year and it's been three years. Mm-hmm. So there's these different aspects of, you know, what people, you know, did during that time period, which is really fascinating you know, for me, because I actually worked the whole time, you know, during the pandemic because of the profession. And yeah. so, um, but it's just really interesting to get that perspective. But at the same time, I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful when somebody says, you know, I was I was scared for a long time, but now I'm feeling more comfortable. And I'm happy about that. I'm, I'm glad that you're able to overcome, you know, the anxiety or the fear of, you know, what, you know, what the world is, you know, what the world is now. And it's, it's also trying to support that and say, yes, you can do this and you can, you can go on travel if you feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but, um, but, you know, it just depends on the person and it depends on, you know, what's going on. And so it is probably really important not to be, you know, judgmental about what other people have done during this time and, and, and also try to support, you know, support what they're doing because it gives them that extra like, okay, you know, I think she says I can do it. I'm going to motivate myself to do something, you know, so I, 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 I like that. I like doing that. Oh, of course. I can just imagine how it feels to them to have that, you know, that support from you. So it's, it's like, it's just amazing, really. Thanks. I know it's, it's been, it's been great. And I think that as, as more people feel more comfortable, and I know more people obviously have been doing that, that we can get back to, you know, a level of uh, appreciation about what we have now. Mm-hmm. And, and, and also that the world has changed, that we're, we don't have this, you know, this is a new normal, it, we don't go back to the way things are. And mm-hmm. when I when you, we want to look forward, and, and what can we do to move forward in that? And so it's sometimes I get a little nostalgic and I say, well, it used to be, we used to do this and, you mm-hmm. know, we would have that perspective, but at the same time, that's what it was. That's what was in the past and that we need to go forward and try to adapt and try to, to work with each other and love each other and be there for each other. And that's, that's all it is. So um, the one thing I always say is, um, especially in the profession is that people are not going to remember you because you did a great job at whatever career you did. They're going to remember you by your personality, like how much you cared about somebody, how much you cared about them, um, how much you cared about yourself. And Mm -hmm. so that's kind of the number one thing I always lead when I'm thinking about what's important. It's, it's, it is, the profession is important. I agree, Mm -hmm. but I want to be remembered for, you know, who I am as a person. And that's going to be the most important thing, I think, you know, going forward. And people kind of forget that, you know, yeah. forget that that's, you know, what's the most important thing, um, you know, uh, going forward in their lives. Yeah. And I think that's such a beautiful reminder. So thank you for that, you know, for just mentioning it, because it is true. It's true. Just within this world that you're in, what advice do you have for those that want to follow in your footsteps? I think. You definitely need to have the passion to do the work, to want to do the work that a fiduciary does from your, from your, whatever your perspective, whatever you're bringing to the table as a professional fiduciary. Mm -hmm. I found that there are so many different professions that, you know, go into becoming professional fiduciary that they all bring their level of expertise. So my general advice is, is to learn as much as you can um, mm-hmm. about the state planning world, um, about what it means to be a fiduciary and, and decide if it's the best thing for you. And I think uh, a lot of professional fiduciaries that I've met and known, they're all self-starters. They all decided this is what I want to do. They came from a career that 
they had done for a period of time and then decided this would be a good stepping stone, just like me. And so um, they all decided they wanted to do that um, and just did it. And you kind of just build your experience from there. From there, So it, it is a very specific profession. Um, it, it does, I, I think it, it does require that you have uh, some related professional background. I think that's really important. Um, I think a legal background is, is a plus, uh, but having a financial or tax background is, is, is also equally important. But I think whatever, if you're looking to become a professional fiduciary, you have to go through the licensing and education requirements and also hopefully get insurance and all that good stuff. But but deciding whether it's something you want to do, uh, usually what I've seen is, is that they've done it with family members and said, I think I can do this job uh, and and then look into whether it's something they could do as a profession. And so I have met people that, that that's what, how they how they became professional fiduciaries and then there's ones like myself that we came from a professional field that was related and thought we could also bring that to the table too um as an actual professional fiduciary so then you leave your prior profession and jump into this so those aspects are all you know they all do very well it's just a question of whether you want to you know go at it become the responsible person um, and 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 get the education you need and learn as much as you can about every aspect of it. So so it's all about the detail and and getting a good understanding. You got to be organized. And um, but once I think once you start doing it, you can decide if that's something that that you can continue in the profession. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. I think those are really good points, and I think that's really great advice. Um, and it's interesting that that's how some people got into the field that they're like, oh, I did it for for a family member. Like that's really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's surprising when when I hear that because I've met people who had completely different professions, like we're doing something completely different, but then they were charged with taking care of their family member's estate, and you know, did did a good job, did you know what they were supposed to be doing, and followed all the right steps and you know, sometimes you tap into that potential uh, that this is something that you didn't think you could tackle and you're doing it. And then after you do that, you decide, I think this is something I could do professionally. And Mm -hmm. so I have seen that a lot with uh, people who, uh, you know, they may have a little bit of a related background, but somebody just organized, um, they can handle the books and uh, make good decisions. And again, um, being a self-starter is a big thing. And so all of those things uh, translate really well. So I, I'm not not particularly surprised when I meet people like that. I think it's wonderful. And then you meet people who've been doing it for years and years. Mm-hmm. And so they're they're very experienced by the time, at least the ones that I've met, who came and, and started out just really kind of, you know, from the very beginning saying, I'm just going to do this and and be that responsible person and just learn about the profession. And that's what they did. Mm-hmm. That is that's crazy. That's so cool. <laughs> like <laughs> how people end up on this path, you know? Yeah. And back then, you know, the profession itself is probably the licensing aspect of it and kind of the formality of it is kind of relatively new. And so when you meet other fiduciaries who've been doing it a very long time, um, they didn't have to go through that process uh, before because they were sort of grandfathered in. And so, um, so now there's, there's more, um, you know, requirements, you know, to do that. But back then, you know, it's just like things you're just kind of trying to do and start and become the profession. Yeah. They, they're the ones who made, you know, paved the way, uh, for, you know, for fiduciaries like me, um, you know, to do, uh, to do now what's required under the, under the state. So cool. Oh my God. I'm like intrigued by this now. <laughs> oh my God. Well, Patty, this was such an incredible interview. Where can people find out more about you or to work with you or to hire you? Yes. Yeah, so you can go to my website at modernfiduciary.net. So you'll find all my contact information there. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you can always Google, you know, probably what you did. What is a professional fiduciary, at least in California? Um and, and then you can also go through the state licensing and search for fiduciary. 
You can also go through the professional organization. It's the Professional Fiduciaries um, Association of California. It's called PFAC. Mm -hmm. And all all licensed uh, fiduciaries are members of PFAC. And they also um, have a host of committees and and legislation and things that they work through to be sure that the profession stays, um, you know, continues, you know, to promote uh, the needs and services that fiduciaries provide. So there's a few ways to find me or find another fiduciary and, and even just Googling it, but you can, you can, um, you can always find me here. Um, and I'm in San Diego. And, uh, but if you um, need a fiduciary in other parts of the state, um, the great thing about fiduciaries, I will say is, is that we do uh, work together with other fellow fiduciaries, which I think is wonderful. So I meet with fellow fiduciaries on a regular basis, whether that be at the PFAC meeting or meeting them just to share best practices or attend marketing events together. And we do, we, there is a support system there. Like if I can't do it, I'm going to give you somebody else. Or if you're in LA County, I know some professional fiduciaries in LA County. And so it, it is a great group of people to be amongst um, because you have just so many different levels of experience and so many different levels of backgrounds that I think is wonderful. So hopefully you'll find me on my website, but you can always search and find others um, because there are a lot of resources out there uh, if you need a professional uh, fiduciary in your life. Mm-hmm. Ah, That's awesome. And to all the listeners, as always, uh, all the links will be in the show notes for you to go and dive deep in there and, and find one if, if you need one, you know? Um, But Patty, thank you so much. And to everyone listening, we'll see you next week and have a lovely day. Bye. Today's episode was sponsored by my Create Daily Joy course on Udemy, where you can learn how to put yourself first and find the path to a happier you. And if you enjoyed this episode, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you know where the next one airs and feel free to tell a friend about it as well. Thank you so much and have a lovely day.